Hello, my unknown friends. It is Sunday, April 10th, 2022. This is Greg Reese. You are listening to my Sunday podcast. The only note I have written down for today really is no slurping. I think, I don't know if it's the same person from before, but I got the second comment complaining about the the disgusting, gross slurping noises I make on the mic when I drink my tea. And hey, I've been trying, so I, I and I still made a cup of tea. You know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying to not do it. And I think it also might have something to do with my my compression settings, audio settings, in the final mix here, because uh, podcasting is different from what I'm doing otherwise. So I'll figure that out. Bear with me, please. Oh yeah, yeah. You should have been with me last night, folks. Uh, no admin. I'll skip the admin really quick. I'll just say uh, same thing as I've been saying for the past few weeks. Still waiting for Substack to straighten out uh, issues with the uh, paywall subscriber thing. So in the meantime, I'm just sending these podcasts out to everyone. But I believe uh, I'm already planning on next week upping the content. Either way. Um, and not waiting, you know, and, and I'll just figure it out. Maybe everyone will get bombed with stuff, or maybe I'll try sending it to the subscribers in the meantime. We'll see. <clears throat> but I was going to say, you should have uh, been hanging out with me last night. Last night I was in a, I was in a bit of a, a ruffle. You know, I've been in a, you know, I, I guess I just let, let myself express it a little bit last night, talking to a friend. Uh, I'm amazed at how calm everyone's been able to keep through all this. And it ain't going to last, that's not going to last much longer, I don't think, but it is impressive. I suppose it's impressive that I'm also, you know, I don't feel like it because, you know, I'm able to have my own feel my own feelings. Uh, but yeah, what was I going off about last night? Just about everything. Oh, in general, just very disappointed with people. The, 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 the universal narcissism of people. Everyone has it. I have it. Everyone has it. It's normal part of being a human being that if you don't get a grip on it, you become um, a danger to your entire species. <laughs> but there does seem to be a lot of good news. No, I mean, absolutely. That's one of the things I was trying to express to my friend last night was I think one of the reasons I'm in a position in life right now where I'm, I'm like a hermit. Uh, I don't, I'm alone in a town I've, I'm new in and uh, keep to myself all the time. And I'm not saying this to complain. I'm saying this to the point I was trying, I think I was trying to make at one point last night was there's a reason for that. I feel like I'm used to having a, a, an extremely optimistic viewpoint. I've always been the optimistic one. I still am. I mean, I'm still able to see 
you put me in any situation, I'm going to find the the good in it. I mean, there's that. That's the kind of optimism I guess I'm talking about. But then there's the... Um, You know, it's like no one likes to hang out with Debbie Downer, right? <laughs> and I don't think I'm being Debbie Downer. I think I'm just being realistic in the time we're in. But uh, a point, point being right off the bat is you look over Drudge and the news and the conservative news and everything, and what you have is like election stuff. You know, you got the Macron and Le Pen, you got all kinds of Trump stuff. Everyone's upset with Trump endorsing Dr. Oz. No surprise there. Everyone's upset with Trump turning out to be much more establishment than ever, uh, but still clinging on to hope as if we have that long. Like, this is what I mean by, this isn't Debbie Downer, this is just being realistic. You know, it's funny that people still accuse some of us of of clickbait or or um doom and gloom, you know. Like come on, my man. It's uh if only we if only we were heavier on that. <clears throat> if only everyone was heavier on that. Because who's going to be here in 2024? Are you going to be here in 2024? Are you sure? With with uh you know, already wheat alone, we're going to have a 15% deficit in, ca in calories worldwide. That's in wheat alone, and that's just immediate. That's immediate wheat alone. And there's the fertilizer. Is there anything about that on Drudge? I, I usually avoid Drudge all the time since it became total established. Yeah, there, there is no fertilizer articles on headlines on Drudge. Fertilizer in the news. Yeah, and you'll get little headlines here about he about that are that are like prepping your mind. Like it's a huge issue. Here's why fertilizer prices are soaring, uh, rising fertilizer costs, uh, and then here, the war in Ukraine is sending fertilizer prices through the roof. Not really. I mean, it's all being done. It's already done. And um, and the whole thing in the news about 90 days away from running out of food, anyone who's grown food understands <clears throat> that it takes you about 90 days from seed to get some food <laughs> in the, from the ground, right? And that's a similar time frame for, a lot, for an average for meats. And it's an average, right? But it's a pretty good, I mean... It's 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 fun. It's kind of interesting when you grow foods and you get and you look into foods and it's really quite miraculous. Like uh, the earth we live on and the physical realm, foods we eat. But that's a whole other. So I'm grateful for it. That's let's let's give thanks for that right now. Hallelujah. 
Ever walk into a grocery store and just feel like overwhelmed with gratitude with all the bright, vibrant colors and amazing, bizarre varieties of fruits and vegetables? Like as if farmed from alien planets and... You know, in Hawaii, um, uh, all the, like, 80, 90, I think it's up to 90% of the fruit and veg in Hawaii is invasive. I don't know, maybe not invasive isn't the word, but uh, from off, it was brought in from imported, not uh, indigenous to the island. A lot of people think Hawaii is just like that, but no, it was made like that uh, hundreds of years ago by a smart king who realized the importance of such a thing being kind of in the middle of nowhere. And so they religiously imported uh, fruits and vegetables to make it to what it is now today. And it's really like, I haven't been everywhere in the world. I've been a, that makes it sound like I've been, I've almost been everywhere in the world. I have not almost been everywhere in the world. I've been to a couple handful of places. I've, I've been, around, but I've been to Hawaii twice, and one thing I do know about Hawaii is it's the easiest place I've ever been to grow any, like anything. You just drop it in the dirt, and then the next day you're going to see a sprout, and then from there it's just kaboom. It's crazy. It's easy to make dirt over there. Uh, they, we used to have, uh, where I lived there, there was um, uh, sugar, sugar cane. And it was some type of invasive sugarcane, and it was it grew like weeds. And uh, one of the chores that I had there was to chop this stuff down. Um, it was a real chore too, because it would it would grow to like you. It would just create a wall, a sea of this of thick, heavy <clears throat> grass. I mean, it was heavy machete work. All kinds. It was, it was a pain in the ass. But you just take a pile of this after you chop it down, you throw it on the ground, you put a tarp over it, and a month or two later, it's like black, rich, thick, black dirt. Mm. And you can grow anything in it. It's magic dirt. But anyways, speaking of that, see, now that is why the king did that. That's a great example because now what we're about to go through um, won't be as experienced as heavily in places like Hawaii, maybe. Maybe. Golly, it makes you wish I never left, huh? But, you know, some people get island fever. And who knows where we're going to be. Who knows? It really comes down to... Um, huh. A person's resilience, I suppose. Maybe for some people it won't be a big deal. For most of us listening it's not going to be nearly as big of a deal as for people in third world nations who are now starting to really feel the effects. And that's one of the things that like adds to my anger towards humanity is I can just see us pulling ourselves out. Like best case scenario, we pull our asses out of it at the last, like, like I said, this has already happened, so we, we can pull our asses out of it, and I hope we do. But what, what I'm saying is, is I'm, I'm just, like, braced for the moment when that happens, and then we all just start celebrating ourselves. You know, like, hooray for us, and this is the narcissism I'm talking about. You know, hooray for us uh, while everyone else was dying, and, and we don't. And we don't want to think about that. And we just want to think about how great we are. Hey, we did it. And look at those stupid idiots. 
that tried, you know, by, uh, you know, whatever. Stupid. We need to find some humility at some point where I think this thing is just going to keep spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. At some point, a person has to shut their friggin' mouth and realize, you know what, maybe I'm, maybe I really am just kind of a fat bag of gas that's just making all this stupid noise that basically amounts to, look at me, look at me, look at me, or look at us, look at us, whatever. Stupid. I'm guilty of it. I think, I don't know, I've never met anyone alive who isn't guilty of this nonsense. It's ridiculous. But I don't think I've slurped once so far on the mic. You tell me. I don't know. Right, so it's 2022, and we're not even at the election. What, are we six months from the election here? Yeah. Six months away from seven months away. From elections here, not even the presidential elections. And in six months, with what we're looking at, with, with, all, with what's already happened, we're going to be suffering greatly on a, with uh, loss of fuel, fertilizer, food. It wouldn't take much to spiral, you know, if, if we had a look at the way our government's been completely out to lunch. Um, so when's that going to change? 2024? Right. See, this is get. If you're if you're on the same page as me, this is my frustration. People don't seem to see this, and I think it's just because we. It's it's one of two things. It's it's we're either stupid and we're spoiled, and we've never really suffered, and so we just don't think it's possible. Or. Or people are, are hung up on this weird, new, in my opinion, absolutely made-up belief that uh, the, the reality is a reflection of what you think it is. That is um, a contorted, oversimplified explanation of a relationship between our conscious thoughts and the physical manifest world around us. There is absolutely some truth to that, but that hasn't been understood for thousands of years. And it certainly isn't understood now in this simple idea of like, well, you just think about something and that's what you get. And so, ignore, like, you know, I knew a girl... When I first started getting, it's interesting, it's ironic, it was the girl who red-pilled me. Uh, maybe she wasn't, she wasn't the one, it was the moon, I was my mind, it was God inside of me, working within me, 
having me question things. But right when that happened, I happened to, and she was a very uh, attractive girl, I thought, and her name was exotic, exotic name, exotic look, artist, strange, sexy. And uh, she was telling me about David Icke's Children of the Matrix. She was the one who turned me on to that book, and I got that book right away as a result of this exotic, strange, sexy girl. This is back in 2004, uh, making that suggestion, and it already sounded super cool. (laughs) So the book was great, and uh, hung out with her a couple times um, after that. As a man, just sniffing her out. And the two things that, it was one night. Oh, it, it, no, it, I think I talked her into like hanging out one night. And so I went over to her place and we were chilling out. And uh, it never got past the conversation, but the conversation ended it. Because it was, um, one, she was talking some crazy, like, um, gender bending stuff but without using any of the terminology like this is back in the day so she wasn't using any of the terminology but my guess was she was already um subjected to some type of external ideology in in the pop culture world that was already kind of because she had definitely uh, an extreme feminist type of artist attitude but it was that, and then it was also this thing of like, like I was talking about some of the stuff that I've been learning, and uh, some of the dark stuff, New World Order stuff, and she got all emotional, telling me to stop, stop, and she was like, like shutting your ears almost, like, uh, like the monkey, see no evil, hear no evil, you know, that's what she was doing. She was like literally closing her eyes and closing her ears, and she was saying, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And then she said, look, I am creating my own reality, and I do not want to be affected by any of this other negative reality around me. And I don't know everything, and I don't, I mean, I, I hardly know much at all, folks, ladies and gentlemen. But I knew back then, at that very moment, that this broad was looped out of her mind. And I'm sorry if you feel that same way. But there's no sense to it. And what there is sense, though, you have to, you have to, you have to realize that this, um, where this came from. Maybe some of you are too young and you don't remember where this came. Because this came into pop culture and, and, and implanted itself into the esoteric occult world. But it does not exist in history which is interesting because that's really all the esoteric occult world is, is history. This is a, a new thing. This was implemented really by Oprah Winfrey, if you want to ask me. I mean, it's from The Secret. The Secret is a super hyped up, way oversimplified story of the Emerald Tablets of Toth, which is really what hermetic science occultism is is all around which is really what all the occults are all around and to think that you can just oversimplify it all is be like thoughts become things and it was pushed heavily by oprah um i would i would i would argue that any anyone who's been well whatever it's nonsense there is no historical content to that. Now, there is a law of attraction, but it involves something very, 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 very important. 
which is that you have to um, you have to be contented. You have to be um, unemotional about it, or in a, like you can't have a desire. It's complicated, and it's a whole other subject, but um, that's the point, I guess, is it's not something you can just teach in a, in a book or a movie. It's not even something you can necessarily teach. I don't think anyone completely understands it. What they understand is that there's something there. It's like astrology. It's like you can't teach. What you can teach in astrology is the symbols and, and, um, and, the, and the, what is it? Because astrology is basically a map, which is reality, and a key. You can teach someone the key to how to read the map. That doesn't really, that, that's a lot, but what does that do? It's not really teaching anyone what that is. It's just basically saying, hey, look, there's this thing, and it's weird, but it seems, but it's some kind, it's somehow predictable. It, it, it's, it's, it's predictable in a way that maybe you can't even predict it necessarily, but it's like there's something to it. It's like you're seeing a design that you don't understand. Now, the you can compare it to the the basic voodoo trick that the world, New World Order plays and Hollywood plays all the time, which is uh, pretend a thing is real and it will it will become real. Now, there's obviously some blunt truth to that, just because if you beat someone over, it's like it's like a, a bit of a forced mind control type thing, you know. Uh, It's, you know, it's not that impressive is what I'm saying. And it's just, um, that's the voodoo trick. Uh, what do I mean? A perfect example is, what is it, the 2012 Olympic Games in England. They had the, uh, the uh, healthcare workers dancing and the death appear and everyone got sick. And it was like a foreshadowing of... 2020 COVID. That's what I'm talking about. And there's a bunch of examples of that. They, they project it. Some, a lot of people call it predictive programming, where they're programming things in people's heads ahead of time so that it feels like a synchronistic event. Or I think that's what people were arguing years ago, that it, the purpose of it is that it makes it feel like synchronicity, so it feels real. Or they meant, that's what they meant. It's like, it's like they're trying to get you to think about it. Because if everyone's thinking about the same thing, it's going to be easier to bring that thing into, into manifest reality, right? Now, I mean, the other, the other flip side of this too is I think we, we've all experienced this. Everything that we, if anyone's created anything, then you know it starts in the imagination. It always starts every, every time. If it's, um, if you're creating a human life, it's going to be sparked off at some point with a desire inside of you. Most likely a desire for love or lust or affection from the opposite sex. And that leads a course and ends up manifesting a child in many cases. Or if it's creating a book. 
It started off with an idea, a thought, and then many, many, many think, much thinking to manifest that sort of thing. So everything starts churning up in the mind. So this idea is of this, of just magically making things. Um, now I feel like I've spent way too much time on this topic because the only reason I brought it up was uh, a certain amount of, of people um, who think that this will all just get better if we just stop thinking about it. <laughs> you know? Like the girl uh, in 2004 didn't want to hear about it because it was going to, if I, if, if she just even let me speak it in the same room, then it would ruin and alter her reality. Now that alone is insane. What that tells you is that there are people out there who believe this, who are now blaming the people in their lives for their bad life. They are now saying, well, if my life would be better if, if it was, wasn't for these people around me. <laughs> I mean, there's some truth to that, obviously, but you know what I'm trying to say. In the dream world, which is an actual place, I've been there. Many people have. People call it uh, lucid dreaming or, or, or dream yoga. Now, in the astral realm, you can do stuff like that. You can just think a thing and it, and you, and, and it happens. You can Harry Potter the shit out of that world. But in the physical world, this is distinctly different. <laughs> you know? Distinctly different in the sense that you can't do that, right? It takes like blood, sweat, and tears, as they say. So it behooves us to talk about it, I think. I wish we were all talking about it. I wish everyone was saying, hey, we don't got till 2024. I wish everyone was saying these vaccines are killing people. I wish everyone was saying uh, this big pharma thing is, you know, just hammering it. Hammering it because then we can start getting to solutions. And I guess that's what I'm, I'll, I'll end since I ranted about how we're all fucked. Then I'll spend the second half ranting about solutions because there are solutions. We can pretend that something. Well, let me finish the first half. Let me get the finished with all the with all the ugly. But like, okay, nine months. So like. If we have to wait till 2024 to, to wrap up the shit show that's happening in the White House, the, you know, forget that. That's two, that's two and a half years. That's more than two and a half years. That's two and a half years to that election. That's, it's more like solid three years. Look at what's happened in a year. And um, when you add to that the un the <laughs> really unknown, like what do I know? I don't know, but the the absolute unknown outcome of shutting off the food production and shutting off the fuel production and using up our fuel reserves and all these things. 
I mean, you got to hand it to these destroyers. They are doing some extraordinarily radical moves of destruction. We don't know because we've never had uh, this happen before at levels of, that we're at today, a population. You think about uh, how, st how strong is our system prepared to deal with these things? You know, we don't know. But a little bit of imagination can make you realize that we don't have till 2024. I mean, there might be an election in 2024, and, uh, and we could still, those of us still um, functioning and healthy enough to uh, serve their communities could start patching things back together. Sure. Of course. No matter what happens. I'm working on a, uh, I am working on the Cataclysm video side note. A lot of my old-time listeners who listened to the podcast like a year ago know I was talking about the cataclysm. It's not going to be a super long one like I was originally planning. It'll be a usual-length Reese report. But I'm starting to see a lot of people talking about Planet X again and Nibiru and cataclysm. It seems timely. I don't know why I was putting it off for so long. I think because it would seem like a Debbie Downer. But maybe that's why I'm doing it because it's like might as well now, right? But, you know, even if we suffered a cyclic cataclysm that killed 95% of humanity and erased the sandbox and wiped out civilization, we'd still build back. You know, I believe we have in the past. I believe it's happened in the past. And I believe we've, that's where we've come from. That's the, the samsara show on earth that uh, most ancient scriptures describe something that's been going on for, a long, long time. It's the thing that a lot of these Satanists want to escape from. This uh, wheel of samsara that, that you can't break free of unless you're a good boy and graduate your class. It's a whole other subject, folks. But um, a good one. We'll have to write that, jot that down on the notepad. Too much for a Reese report, but uh, good for a chat. The, uh, the whole um, discussion of where are we. <laughs> but to, to switch it around and look for solutions right now for the second half. Yeah, so we're in a situation, a real bad situation. Uh, not just in America. In America, as bad as it is here, we probably still have it better than most everywhere else, except at this point for maybe Russia. In a lot of ways, Russia seems to be doing better than anyone else, except it's cold. <laughs> but, you know, who knows? Everything's starting to turn around a little bit. People are starting to wake up to things that... We weren't before. Uh, pop culture is starting to talk about this Hunter laptop. It looks like they're going to get rid of Joe Biden, or I mean, he's he's just falling apart at this point. He could just die, and no one would be surprised. And it looks like that's where they're heading. But what is that going to look like? Um, 
can't be Kamala Harris. That's not going to be any, nothing's going to change. It's just going to be the same thing. Just instead of a bumbling, embarrassing old man, it's going to be a bumbling, embarrassing, you know, Kamala. So maybe it'll just be that, you know, and as crazy as that sounds, is it any crazier than it is right now? No, not at all. So it could just be that. But who knows? Maybe things will get so crazy in the next few weeks, few months, that that um, certain forces realize there won't be any objection to a takeover of the government. Mil- say a martial law, military takeover of the government. You know, Hey, you guys are destroying this country. We got to step in and, and save it. If you detect a bit of skepticism in my voice, it's because I just don't see, I can't imagine how this would happen outside of a setup. But for the sake of getting to solutions, let's just pretend that... Uh, Mankind is organized and disciplined and strong enough to pull off such a thing as just basically just stepping up and doing the right thing and and taking control of an out-of-control government that is destroying not just millions of Americans' lives, but the world. Like, that's the thing. If we don't stop them, then it's kind of on us. Like, what are we, just dopes? Is that our excuse? Hey, we're just dopes. We got no say over here, pal. But gimme, gimme, gimme. No. So. I don't know, but let's just pretend it happens, okay? What can we do? Well, there's a lot we can do. I mean, one of the thing, the best things, say what you will about Donald J. Trump, but one of the best things that he did for me and I'm sure for millions of other average everyday people is he educated us that you could, how quickly you can turn things around, how quickly you can turn an economy around. Right. Remember that? Remember when he, his first year, remember how within his first year, he just had things soaring Unlike the, you know, and they haven't been like that. For, and we've been told for years it just will never happen. It's just never going to happen. And we were told for years that that's just the way it is. And what he demonstrated was it was all done by design. And all you had to do is deregulate all these things that were set up to, to, to cripple us. And just let them go and then just let it soar and let it do its thing. So we learned that. This uh, And we also learned in history the power of a government-backed dollar, a money that is actually created and distributed and regulated and all that shit by the actual government and not by a private corporation of Rothschild foreigners, you know, hiding under the guise of the Federal Reserve Bank private corporation. Uh, because the Fed has to go, and with the Fed, the IRS, it has to be a Ron Paul revolution. 
Ron Paul was 100% right. If you're not savvy or privy to the Ron Paul platform, uh, then I suggest you check it out because it's everything we know. It's everything we're learning today. But we know uh, for a fact that um, anyone who does a basic 101 class on fiat currency and inflation, it's all man-made. I took macroeconomics, which is like entry-level economics. I took it uh, later in life out of curiosity. After I was red-pilled on all this, I just wanted to see what they were teaching in the official school for different subjects. And so I picked macroeconomics and I was, I was way more impressed with the stuff I saw than I thought I'd be. I thought I would, I didn't know if I'd see anything that interesting, but I was just blown away. So many, so many things. I could do a whole podcast just talking about that experience. But the, the most interesting of all my professors was the economics professor. He was young and I would guess Indian. And um, he did some strange things. I, th I think this is, like I said, this, is, this might be good for another podcast, but there are reasons to believe I think he might have been CIA, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these professors were. And I have reasons for saying that. He actually, uh, I questioned uh, him a few times because he said some really wild things in the, in the economics class, and he would... Um, it was important for him to see me after class friendly and probe me with like questions of why I had a certain opinions. And it was important for him to try to change my opinion or something. It was, it was weird. But anyways, I digress, even though I said I'm going to try not to. Uh, one of the things that happened in that class was uh, it was the beginning of class. He was, as people were walking in, he was writing on the dry erase board, the Federal Reserve Bank is a private corporation. And then as everyone sat down, he picked up his eraser and he says, everyone look at the board. Does everyone see this? This will not be on the test, but this is important information. I just want everyone to see this. And then he, as he looked around and saw that everyone nodded their head, then he erased it off the board and then just went on with the course, ignoring he ever did that. <laughs> It was strange, and it was, it seemed uh, like some type of protocol. But um, anyways, so yeah, if we got rid of that system, uh, then we could find quite easily, especially with today's, if we could maintain our digital infrastructure that we have, it could quickly be adapted and used with a new currency very quickly, very quickly. And with the amount of money that's been stolen from the American people in the trillions, uh, we do have the ability to seize these funds from all these people based on uh, laws that we have in the books. Once again, this is a bit of a stretch, I know, for some more than others. But let's just be positive here for a second. So... Um, you could, uh, that would be a great way to start, you know, and then if there's any gold that we actually still have that hasn't been, you know, whatever, but this is a great way to start 
for the wealth of the nation, and you want to pump people's pockets full of this stuff so that they start going out there and living, and and because that's what's going to bring things back to a healthy level is just is just to get people back out there living, thriving, surviving, getting what they need. Uh, it's gonna the other exciting thing that could happen. So that's the money. The currency we could bring back, and it would be Bitcoin and uh, would be king shit. Maybe uh, it won't be the daily uh, used crypto. We might not even need a daily uh, a daily used crypto, you know, in the future of money. We could continue on with debit cards or you know that system. It just really comes down to where where is what's the money backed by? What's the actual money backed by, and, and who's regulating it, and having it set up in a way to thrive. And then the other thing is, I think no matter what happens, and so let's, we'll look at our little made up perfect opportunity of, of the pivot point being in the next few weeks to a few months. We're going to have to start, not just America, but a lot of countries are going to have to start creating and producing goods themselves that we used to. And stopped because things were outsourced. That's exciting because that's an opportunity for... There are definitely people that are perfectly content and happy working for jobs for other people. I I wouldn't say I was content and happy doing it. I actually kind of was miserable a bit about it, but I did it for most of my life. I just did it uh, as little as possible because I would spend my free time, you know, as a struggling artist doing things I love to do, making music and making videos and stuff like that. But I was able to, I, I was able to back up enough and, and enjoy and enjoy my life still, even though it wasn't ideal, even though I, I wasn't like living the dream. But there are people that can't do that. There are people that need to do their own thing and sort of need to be, um, create their own businesses and, and, and so that's an incredible opportunity for people like that because we're going to need, ideally, I think we want to get back to uh, what real sustainability is. That's the thing with globalism. Glo globalism is the opposite of sustainable. I think they know that, too, because true, true sustainability is going to be independence. And so the, really, you want, really, you want your community to produce everything that you need. You want furniture, you want to go to your neighbors and buy furniture that they made. You want clothes that your neighbors made because that's sustainable. You know, let alone food. You want local. So that's a beautiful opportunity that could, that could change very quickly as well. There are a lot of people out there. You know, I've been doing trying to buy American uh, lately when I buy things, and it's a fun little process. And, you know, I think you can find almost anything you need you can find made in America. You know, with Pinterest, I think is what it's called, stuff like that alone. So lots of... What else? Government. Good Lord, that needs to be gutted. That's a whole other subject. But basically, you just got to gut all these career politicians, expose all the scams. Uh, serving your, 
the government and the government should be a, a nightmare situation. It should be term limits. Like it should only last like two years long. And it should be miserable. The the public should have their their nose so far up your ass uh, that you just you're just like God, I can't wait till this is done. And and you should be reminded twenty four seven that you are serving a greater cause than your you, you know get over your miserable life doing this and just do a good job. And all you got to do is support the Constitution. Real easy. That's it. It makes it makes it so much easier. You don't need um. Uh, div- diversive ideas Just one idea The constitution That's the whole point Of a constitutional republic The whole point of it Is that we've set up a, 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 These rules are good No matter who you are No matter where you come from These are good rules And they're going to work And so that's it And, and it's proven itself Proven itself pretty damn good The good news is, is if we do get through this, uh, big pharma is dead, and uh, holistic medicine is back. And I know enough of you, my unknown friends. I know enough of, I do have some known friends amongst you, and I know that um, most of you dig that. Would be my guess. I know I do. I don't go to the doctor. I've actually had a I had a real bad experience a week ago. I I should have known better. I was at a blues fest in town, and some chiropractor had me had a tent there. And I've been wanting to go see a chiropractor because I haven't found one here, and I haven't really looked for one yet in Naples. Um, I had a back injury a year ago, and, my, and it's been bugging me. So uh, she talked me into going in and I went in and it was a it was a weird arrangement where they had all kinds of weird hard sale tactics set up and then at the end of the they showed you your x-ray and told you how fucked up you were and they actually insinuated that you could just wake up with a heart attack if you never if you don't go to a chiropractor I mean crazy stuff real shady in my opinion sales tactics when dealing with health issues um Really put me off, but um, also made me realize that I need to find a chiropractor. So uh, I think I found one. I did. I, I went online today and did some research, and I found a lot of great suggestions. Because I've had chiropractor friends of mine in the past warn me about these types of chiropractors. And I know why now. I get it. So it was a decent experience. But uh, no thanks. But um, chiropractors are good. I don't trust doctors. Chiropractors are you Get a good chiropractor. They're great. A massage therapists, I, I, I find a decent chiropractor is good enough for that. Um, but I hear massage therapy is great for you. Actually, I should find a good massage therapist because I, I think I'd be able to de-stress quite a bit better. That is very good for you. Um, I do yoga. That is very good for you. Uh, but my point being is there is, I know a lot of people that are into alternative health. It's not even alternative health. It's real health. If you, I need to do a full report on it, but I did a ad on it and I've done, and I've thrown it in some of the reports and a lot of it is still uh, news to me. Like I'm still learning it, the whole big pharma takeover, but it was the Rockefellers. It was this whole new world order families. It was them. So. It's all part of this. And, uh, you know, they outlawed holistic medicine, basically. 
straight up. You know, they, they, they had it labeled quackery or something like 100 years ago. And it's like, hey, it's only medicine if it involves drugs and knives. It's bullshit. Uh, if you want some of the good stuff, it's in that quackery, baby. You want that pseudoscience, <laughs> you know, for real. If the mainstream media calls it quackery and pseudoscience, then that's something you want to dig into and look into. So we have that to look forward to because... There's no way we get through this thing with the truth and, and Big Pharma survives. No way. There's no way the Fed survives. There's no way the IRS survives this. That's why I'm... Well, I'll leave it there. What else? What else is good? Oh, mental... This is the subject we'll end it on. Mental health, right? So, uh, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes the important truths, before I see them, they annoy me. I don't know if that makes sense to you. And I just know that from hindsight. But I remember years ago, and I would see it in dating sites or social media or all kinds of places, you'd see... Uh, and I'm, I'm used to seeing it in young, in women because, uh, that's where I'm reading. That's where my attention is as a man, but I would see women saying things in like their dating sites or social media sites or whatever of, uh, mental health, concerned about mental health. And I think there was, there's been some catchphrases in the past dealing with that, raising awareness for mental health kind of thing. I'd see it throughout the years. And I remember for many years seeing it and uh, before really understanding, it would annoy me in, a, in, in that sense. In that sense, like I say, where truths annoy me before I can see them. And now I get it, though. Now that's all it is. I remember in the beginning of this podcast, I was talking about how annoyed and angry I get because of people's self-love and our, our narcissistic you know, thing that we got going on for us. But really, what do you call that? You call that mental illness. We have a very poor mental health problem. And there are solutions. And they're not, I mean, they're, they're ancient. And none of them involve drugs. None of them. Okay, maybe, maybe a couple, lightly. <laughs> but they really just involve simple things. Like, for example, I'll give one example right now. Um, the, the monastery ashram model. Now, the, way, the easy way to make this um, work in the West would be uh, some type of very general Christian type of uh, um, ethos theme over the monastery. Because the, 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 really, honestly, the, the weak point for the monastery ashram model as it exists today is it's usually based on the ethos and ideology of a single individual, like the guru. And 
I mean, come on, people. Like I said, we're all mentally ill. Is that a good idea? <laughs> Do you really think you got it all figured out where you can create the, an entire cult? No, 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 no. So we pick something more universal in general for these uh, monastery-type ashrams. And what happens in a monastery ashram? Well, it's the same thing that's been happening for thousands of years in these places, basically. You, you go there, and I don't care what you say, you're going there because you're mentally ill. That's why I went to ashrams and monasteries, was because I had mental issues that I needed to hammer through. I needed to figure out what was going on in my head. I needed to figure out why I couldn't thrive like other people, why I was haunted by thoughts and things, right? And so what happens when you go to these places? Well, it's pretty simple. There is one is you're in a low stress environment where you're, you're working and earning your keep and your food, but it's, it's on the cheap. So like in my experiences, there was a voluntary, I volunteered uh, at a work volunteership at a monastery. That one was just, actually, that was brutal work. <laughs> that was 77 hours of uh, building bronze statues and building a temple. Um, that was tons of work. But that gave me a sense of work ethic, which is extremely valuable for a mentally ill person to understand the value of hard work, the value of hard, back-breaking labor even. Uh, the other ashram experience I had long-term was more traditional in that the work was more like a 35-hour work week made up of kitchen and cleaning and farming, which are basically the things that need to get done in a community. You know, the community... You're eating for free. They, you, they feed you there. And in order for that to happen, we have to grow food and cook food. And so everyone takes their turn doing these things or cleaning. Cleaning was my least favorite. I enjoy cleaning home, at home. But for whatever reason, I wasn't a big fan of the, in the ashram sanitarium. You know. But... Um, and what does this do? This helps a mentally ill person just sort of, uh, first of all, you're, you're living good. You are, you are um, providing food for your community, your, the people you live with. You know, you're taking turns doing that, which, whether you like it or not, is going to instill a certain type of uh, sanity inside of you. And, and you're going to start understanding, you know, simple things of what life is all about, you know. That's what these places are. And some of them, uh, you know, if people are a little more like martial arts, some, some mentally ill people are a little more physical, you know, and that's where you could have, you know, certain like martial art type ashrams, you know, that could lead to a righteous military service. You know, there was in the Indian Vedas, their uh, warrior class they weren't necessarily, they weren't known for like invading countries and, and, and starting disasters and chaos like the American government is. They were known for basically taking care of society, uh, cleaning up the pedophiles, you know, and the scumbags and the miscreants and all the people that are the preying off of humanity. 
their job was to deal with that element so that decent folks could just live their lives in peace. Realizing, you know, that in reality, you need that. In reality, you need to kill the bad guys, you know? So there's a lot of solutions, folks. And I'm just a dumb guy. And right here, one just simple dumb guy on a Sunday afternoon pretty much laid out all we need to do to make our world thrive and buzz for generations to come. So, hey, I'm not going to go after that. That's a great place to leave it. I mean, I basically just, well, you know, I just said it. So that's it. Thank you for joining. I hope you guys are all doing great. I hope you are, are doing better than I am, <laughs> you know, uh, or if you're struggling as much as I am, I hope you're taking care of yourself, you know, letting yourself express that emotion. Can't hold on to the emotion you got. That's one of the most important things that I've learned in life is you got to express that shit because uh, otherwise it turns into other things, you know, it can turn into sickness and, and other types of disease so let it out you know however you got to do that and take care of yourselves and uh and be good to yourselves and stock up on things that you really like and are important to you because the times are going to get tough no matter what even if we turn it into this incredible place that we can all right guys i'm out see you next week